Welcome to Total Teen Health and Wellness, the podcast for parents of teenagers to learn more about how medical and mental health issues are affecting their teen children. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm an adolescent medicine physician, providing essential education and helpful guidance to parents of teens and young adults. This podcast encourages parents to empower their teen children to live healthy and balanced lives. Welcome back. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and for our latest episode, number seven, we're going to talk about a very challenging issue that I take care of in adolescent medicine. The issue of self-harm and self-injury is something that is much more common than many parents realize. When I started focusing on working with teens in my practice, I realized how many young people and teens are dealing with urges to self-harm and actually acting on those urges. The rates are higher among adolescents, which of course is what I focus on in my work, And there are approximately 15% of teens that report some form of self-injury. There have been research studies that show an even higher risk of self-injury among college students, and those rates range from 17% to 35%. So this is an issue that is affecting a lot of young people, and parents want to know how to get their children help. We think of self-harm as an unhealthy way of coping. Typically, these patients do not have an intent to die. They are not having suicidal thoughts, but they are using self-harm and injury as a way of coping with underlying emotional issues. We think of this as a maladaptive way of coping. Many of these patients are reporting anxiety, depression, history of trauma. They may also have eating disorders. We often see self-harm associated with eating disorders. I've said throughout this podcast how important it is for teenagers and young people to build healthy ways of coping, ways that they can cope with their emotions and things that they can do that can help them feel better. Many patients that self-harm turn to hurting themselves as a way of coping and as a way to manage their underlying emotions. Some people might self-harm to process negative feelings that they're having. They may use self-harm to distract themselves from those negative feelings. They may want to feel something physical especially if they report feeling very numb or detached. I have seen in young teens, even in the preteen age group, use self-harm as a way for them to develop a sense of control over their lives. And unfortunately, over this past year during the pandemic, those rates have increased because so many young teens feel a loss of control in how life has been for them. Teens may use self-harm as a way to punish themselves 
when things haven't gone well, whether that's getting into a fight with a friend, whether that's getting in trouble by parents. I've heard this also for many patients where teens will use self-harm as a way to punish themselves, saying that they deserve it. And it may be that patients use self-harm to express emotions that they otherwise don't know how to express. Self-harm can be cutting. It can be scratching, hitting, punching, even burning. And when parents find out or it's revealed to parents that that's what's going on, there is a lot of concern, of course, and parents often are not understanding where these urges are coming from and why their child has injured themselves in this way. I counsel my parents in my practice to talk really openly about these issues and to talk directly to patients about this. Many times, parents need to monitor their child closely, where they are not letting them stay by themselves when they've acted on those urges, or they might remove the means of self-injury from the home environment. Therapy is such an important tool for patients that are dealing with these issues and urges to self-harm because patients need, again, to work on building healthy coping skills. There are therapists that specialize in what is called non-suicidal self-harm or self-injury, and it's important for patients to know in those moments when they have urges to self-harm, what they can do, what kind of skills they can use to not act on those urges. They need immediate strategies to not act on those urges. And working with a therapist can help them build those skills, practice those skills, and also be accountable. Some patients I've heard have used an app called the Calm Harm app, I've mentioned the Calm app in my episode on building healthy coping skills in teens, and they have a different version that is the Calm Harm app. This is an app that patients can access in those moments when they have those thoughts or feelings, and it walks them through essentially how to de-escalate those thoughts using different distraction techniques, using different support, and that can be a very helpful thing for patients to have on hand, especially on their own phone. When we talk about coping skills, again, it's those immediate strategies that are important, but it's also important for teens to continue working on building a sense of how they deal with stress managing their self-care. Again, as I've said, probably in every episode that I've put out to date is the importance of sleep and nutrition and exercise, those concepts of general self-care of the body. All of this relates in how patients can manage their mental health. Many therapists will encourage their patients to think of 
stopping the urges and stopping from acting on the urges as a recovery process where patients really focus each day on what is going to help them not act on those thoughts and urges, focusing each day on not self-harming. And patients will talk about being clean of that or not acting. And then if they do have a time where they act on those urges or self-harm, they often will refer to a relapse. I think that this can be a strategy that works for a lot of patients as they're building time in recovery. They are working on those other skills and also getting the underlying issues addressed. Anxiety, trauma, eating disorders, those all have their own treatment. And you could refer back to some of my prior episodes that I discuss anxiety in teenagers, for example, and depression in teenagers. We do have concern for self-harm becoming more aggressive. I have had patients that have injured themselves more than they intended to, and that can result in needing medical treatment such as sutures or a visit to the ER. And then, of course, we worry about it leading to death. So we do take this very seriously in monitoring how it's going, how parents feel it's going, are patients having the insight and the response to therapy to work on not acting on the thoughts of self-harm. The risk of suicide does go up with more aggressive self-injury. And so we want to see this as part of our overall evaluation of mental health is are patients safe? Are they at risk for hurting themselves? And are they at risk for suicide? These are things we talk about with our patients in the office. We want parents to be able to talk directly to their teens and ask those questions. And we partner with therapists that are also getting more detailed information and able to know day-to-day what's going on with patients. I know this is a hard topic. I know it can be really distressing for parents to know how to respond and how to get help and how to help their teen not have those thoughts and not act on those thoughts. But it is something that can be treated and patients can improve, especially as their mental health improves. I encourage you to talk to your own physician, whether it's a pediatrician or an adolescent medicine doctor, if you have these concerns in your child, and to also connect with a therapist who can help your child work on building healthy coping skills. I hope that this was informative to parents that are worried about this issue in their children, and I look forward to connecting next time. Thanks for listening today. If this episode helped you better understand the health of your teen and you're ready to learn more, please subscribe to hear future episodes of this podcast. Consider sharing it with other parents of teenagers. And remember, 
parents can help their teens live healthy and balanced lives. 